I think you did uh, almost as well as Brian Kilmeade would have done under similar circumstances. He is, of course, a New York Times bestselling author, co-host of Fox and Friends, and a nationally syndicated radio talk show host. Brian, good morning. Thanks so much for joining me, as always. Hey, Frank, thanks for the invitation. Hey, uh, also, thanks for that shout-out that you gave me in your New York Minute on Friday. That was very nice of you, and I know you got a lot of listeners in the middle of the day that might not hear uh, hear our show in the wee hours in the morning, so it was very kind. Appreciated that. Uh, no problem. Um, you were in Georgia yesterday. You got to interview probably the most talked-about U.S. Senate candidate in the whole country right now, Herschel Walker. How did it go? What are your uh, impressions of how that race is going to turn out? Uh, I have, uh, you know, I spend the day with him. First, uh, we went to his house, did a one-on-one feature, and then we worked out. He doesn't use weights. Uh, we went for a run. Uh, you know, you got to see his whole setup. I mean, he's lived in the same house a lot. First off, the big, the big thing was everyone says he lives in Dallas. Well, he has a house in Dallas, but he's had this house for over 20 years in Buckhead. And where, by the way, where there's a huge crime problem, it's in a, it's in a steamed area. It's almost like it, uh, the Forest Hills of Queens. Mm. Uh, so they, they want their own police force. So he's right in the middle of a hot issue in Atlanta. And then yesterday is he has uh, different themes every week. So yesterday was his law enforcement week. So I got a chance to watch him speak, Stacey Abrams speak before him, to all the sheriffs in and around Gainesville, Georgia, and to hear his message, see him speak. You know, it's not easy. Speak without any notes. Talk about the law enforcement issues and what he would do. Stacey Abrams is very eloquent, but she does not like law enforcement. And that's obviously a gubernatorial candidate. Uh, the um, uh, Senator Warnock's been invisible in the in the state so far. He says he's busy in Washington. That's true. So now, uh, while we were doing the live interview, a half hour before we went on the air, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution came out with their latest poll, mm. and uh, Walker's within the margin of error. And look at the fact that they already spent $20 million to defame him, to attack him fairly, you know, whether you like it or not. The t- typical attack ads, if you and I ran, they'd be mm-hmm. attacking us, typical. And he's only he's within the margin of error. They're really optimistic. So that uh, I saw that Atlanta Journal, Journal Constitution poll, and you have Kemp, the governor there, the Republican governor, holding a slight lead over Stacey Abrams, who's also been similarly built up as sort of a national media darling. And Warnock and Walker are in a, a statistical dead heat at this point. Now it, it does look, based on this poll, like Kemp is polling ahead of where Walker is. Now, Walker's been criticized for a lot of incidents in his past and how he's handled certain questions on the campaign trail. Is this an indication that maybe the Republicans might have done better by choosing a less controversial candidate for the Senate seat there? I'm not sure. Um, I mean, they get the, they had a, a Navy SEAL in the race and some other people. Doug Collins had the biggest name. He should have been the pick over Kelly Leffler, who was a terrible candidate, might be a great person, uh, but just was awful. Uh, she could self-finance, so Mitch McConnell yeah. pushed her. Huge mistake. So what happens is you're referring to a couple of things. His statements on climate change, uh, where he said, what's the good of us focusing on it, basically, if China is not going to clean up their environment? But he said it in an awkward way. And then, number two, there was revelations of three kids that he had with separate women that he has not talked about. 2018, he filled out an application to join uh, the Trump administration on their fitness council. It was all there. But he did not talk about it publicly. And um, He also claimed to couple, but we have do been it, an FBI agent recently. Yeah. Yeah, well, he does work with the FBI. He says he never said he was in the FBI, but he does work with them. I did meet somebody yesterday that says he's been in our academy six or seven times. So he also has these 
uh, cards, and I met the sheriffs yesterday, that does say, like Shaq has, he's done so many things with the local sheriffs mm. and local uh, precincts out here. They've given him stuff that says, uh, uh, you know, deputy sheriff and this and that. And he's been doing it since he was a player in 1984, I think, probably 84. He's been doing it since he's been in college. Just going to these academies and speaking and doing things for law enforcement, whether it's fundraisers, they gave him one of these cards. They're all voting for him. The sheriffs are voting for him. The sheriff families are voting for him. Law enforcement's voting for him. They're not voting for Warnock. He's already called them thugs. He says you can't serve in the military as well as serve God, which was an unbelievable statement he got away with. Um, so, so it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I think that you'll see a lot of, I'm going to play the whole unedited interview hmm. on the radio show. I'm going to give you two parts on Monday on Fox and friends, and I'll give you some, and then they'll have more of that on one nation on Saturday, not this Saturday, Saturday after. So he takes on a lot of uh, the issues and he's got about a hundred days. I just, I, my gut is, I, my gut is after meeting with Yunkin, he's running. My gut feeling Wait, is Glenn Youngkin for president. Yes, I believe he's going to be running for president, uh, and I believe after spending a day and a half with Herschel, I do believe not only I think he's not only not afraid to debate, he's already going through debate prep. So that's another big story. Number two is I think he's got everything in place to win. So I don't know if you save your tapes, Frank. But we oh, yeah. can play this back on uh, uh, July 28th. I, I, even though he's down to the margin of error, I, I do believe he's going to win. Uh, and those are some uh, some bold claims. Nobody can say that uh, that you're difficult to pin down. Uh, but that'll be interesting. <laughs> so people can listen to that whole interview on the radio today with Herschel Walker, right? No, no. I got to air it on uh, TV first. Oh, they okay. pay for all it. Right, all right, all but right. I'm going to get it on uh, hold next week. The only place you'll hear it unedited. Is on on the radio. Great. Okay. Well, that'll be uh, that'll be something worth uh, worth looking forward to, and uh, and the uh, very uh, interesting claim that uh, that Yunkin will be in it to win it on the national scene. So, um, my concern with you, Brian, is that you don't have enough to do. Right. So <laughs> you're you're on television three hours a day. You're on during the week. You're on radio three hours a day during the week. You're on um, television on the weekend. You're doing guest appearances on the radio. You're writing books. You're doing a live tour. You're taking care of a family, and which now includes a dog. And so, of course, one of the things I've neglected to mention is this series of specials that you've been doing for Fox Nation. And i got to say, I've seen the most recent one advertised, and it explores, of all people, you've explored presidents, uh, pirates, uh, all spies, all sorts of folks, you are going to be having a look at the life and times of Alec Baldwin. Now, why are you focusing on Alec Baldwin here? Well, they just say who is, and they just look at it. It's got this who is series. We did Zelensky, did Amber Heard. Um, you know, to, they'll pick out people uh, in the news, and we'll just focus on them. And then, obviously, Alec Baldwin had stopped and started a couple of times, but now they're ready to go. The Massapequa guy, whose dad was my summer recreation supervisor, greatest guy. I know Billy uh, is a great guy, as well as Stephen. I got to know Danny of late. I never really got to know Alec. I've only talked to him a couple of times. I don't think he likes me. <laughs> I'm pretty convinced he doesn't. Uh, but I was able to just to look at this guy's incredible career. The guy can act. Oh, I mean, I remember. Absolutely. 
Yeah, the guy can act. I, I remember his dad is like this rough and tumble football coach. He looks like he could be cast for the role. And he also was the rifle team coach, which in my personal opinion is the reason how he got cancer, because they had all that asbestos downstairs in Massapequa oh, High School. Interesting. Um, that's never been proven, nor uh, it's up to the family to look into it. But regardless... So he said, I have an old, I did not know there was an older son older than Danny, personally. And he said, well, I got this son. He's an actor. And he was on this series, uh, soap opera called The Doctors. And my wife went to Massachusetts High School, too. And she, she, he was, he was uh, Mr. Baldwin was her social studies teacher. And he would just shut down the whole class and said, my son's on the soap opera. Roll in a TV. You guys remember that. We had to do that. And then we would, uh, and they would, the whole class would watch The Doctors. Uh, because he was just so amazing, and, and he was so into it. He used to go in when the son was auditioning, going to acting classes. So I, I saw it from the beginning. Um, so um, I definitely have an affinity for a Massapequa guy that's incredibly talented, but also gets in his own way an unbelievably amount. And, you know, he does it. Every time he gets forward, the, the tape will come out about his daughter. He'll uh, shoot somebody on a set and they die. He'll blow up at a at, a, at some type of... Uh, Another pedestrian on the yeah. side of the road because of a parking spot. Right. So, and we, and we see him threaten a president. So, we just thought it'd be an interesting thing to to do a feature on. Also on Fox Nation, I did the history of oil, history of law enforcement, history of Hollywood, and the history of the aircraft carrier. That's on what made America great. I um, mean, those ones I'm actually traveling to and uh, onto the scene. Uh, these ones we just we did a lot of this in, just in research and talking to experts. Well, that's pretty interesting. Alec Baldwin, uh, love him or hate him, and there's certainly no denying his talent, but uh, he's certainly an interesting guy. And I always get the sense that he's sort of a troubled guy, which is why he constantly flies off the handle with these anger management issues. But that'll certainly be something worth uh, worth checking out. In Georgia, oh, is it true that everything is named Peachtree? They have 20, 30 streets all named Peachtree. Was that your experience? I, I did see it a lot. I, I say one other thing is, since I was traveling there, I didn't want I, I didn't um, want to miss the TV show. I've sadly I had to miss the radio show yesterday. But I, in the audience in Gainesville at this cafe, Long Street Cafe, and I think there was a Peachtree Street two blocks away. For the record, uh, up come two Massapequa uh, transplants who graduated in the '60s. And decided to retire in Florida, hated Florida, and moved to Georgia. And I look over, and there's two Massapequa 70-plus-year-olds retirees who said, I went to Massapequa High School. And, uh, and you would, uh, Jerry Seinfeld was a, basically a freshman when they were seniors. You know, Jerry Seinfeld's like around 65, too, believe it or not. So I just thought, there, wherever you go, there is a New Yorker That's around. right. You can't outrun Long Island. That's it. It gets you every time. That's for sure. Hey, um... I got to get your take on this this controversy over Nancy Pelosi visiting Taiwan. Uh, the Biden administration apparently doesn't want her to go. They say she never cleared this with the Defense Department, the State Department. The Chinese are p- saying very publicly that there's going to be very significant repercussions if she visits Taiwan. You've been pretty bold in saying that um, Nancy Pelosi should go forward with this trip. Tell us why. There is no question she should go forward. Any no country should dictate what our lawmakers should be able to do. I mean, we have, we have lawmakers going into the war zone in Ukraine. I'm sure Russia's not happy about that. Would that have stopped them? I'm sure people aren't happy, and they clearly weren't happy. The president went to Saudi Arabia, but he thought that was his agenda. He didn't stop them. So if other people are upset, listen. No, the the president who got elected said he's going there. 
Uh, they didn't like that Donald Trump's first trip was to Saudi Arabia. Did it stop them? So now the Speaker of the House, for some reason, I don't think it's a bad idea, goes to Taiwan and says, hey, listen, we know you're under threat. We got your back. What do you need? So she's going to go, and China goes uh, crazy. And now the Pentagon says, yeah, maybe it's not a good idea. And the president says the Pentagon doesn't think it's a good idea, indicating he's telling the Speaker to back off. Who is China to tell us we can't go visit an ally? who, by the way, is under threat from China, who is torturing Muslim Uyghurs, and yet we're still buying their, the apparel from Nike and everything else uh, from this slave labor. Nobody really at the NBA, well, we're not going to worry about that. But wait a second, China's upset us of visiting an ally in the region. We shouldn't do it. This is an embarrassment. The speaker, I am thoroughly in the speaker's court. She's, into, she's actually uh, reached out to Michael McCall, and he can't make it, a Republican congressman. they got to find another Republican to go. Tom Cotton has volunteered. Go. And we got to get them the defensive weapons to defend themselves. We can't let China take over the world. What, people, what don't people understand about that? Do we want to be the generation that acquiesced, that allowed China to get so big that we couldn't stop them? Now we're going to show all our allies that we're so weak. If China objects, we back off, which means how does Japan, South Korea, Australia, India feel? Should China get their beer muscles again? Come on, guys. If the speaker wants to go, let her go. The woman visited Syria right before the, uh, right before the Civil War. George Bush didn't like that. Sure, certainly her, her uh, security didn't love it, but she did it anyway. Come on. I mean, she, if she backs off, we look absolutely terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that anyone disagrees. Isn't the visit to Taiwan a little bit of a different situation than a visit to Saudi Arabia, though, whether it's Trump or Biden doing the visit? Because nobody's really questioning Saudi Arabia's autonomy, but the United States official policy, going back to uh, Nixon and going back to Carter reiterating it, has been that we recognize one China, and that's mainland China. So we can't go? No, I, I, I'm just uh, – I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying that that's an example of uh, – point taken. It's an example, though, for me of a foreign policy that might not be the most popular, yeah. but you're going to do it. You know? Okay, I'm going to do it. You know, lawmakers are going – a lot of people – I'm listening to Tucker Carlson last night. Can't believe we'd give $1 to the Ukraine. Uh, and guess what? Uh, Blumenthal and uh, Lindsey Graham are all over there. So, I mean, you don't hear them – you don't hear these threats – well, if Russia said Lindsey Graham and uh, Senator Blumenthal don't go to Ukraine, we go, oh, yeah, screw you. But with China, it's like, yeah, I'm a little worried. Worried? What are they going to do? They're going to shoot the plane out of the sky? So do they have that little fear from us? And my feeling is this. No one's changing the status. Would you say, hey, do me a favor. It's a problem if you invade them and wipe out a democracy in the area. Newt Gingrich famously won 20 years ago. Uh, and you know he actually took some Democrats with him. We're going to do what we want to do. You uh, you mentioned the Ukraine situation. If people just tuning in, we're talking with Brian Kilmeade. You can see him on Fox and Friends uh, at six o'clock Eastern, and then uh, hear him on WABC beginning at uh, ten o'clock Eastern. But he's heard all all over the country. One of the most listened to radio talk shows in the whole country. You mentioned the Ukraine situation. Apparently, the U.S. is now planning to provide a hundred million dollars to train Ukrainian pilots. At what point, uh, you know, I have a Tucker Carlson on one arm and uh, on one shoulder and I have a Brian Kilmeade on the other whispering as I evaluate foreign policy decisions. As a, at what point is 
enough enough in terms of money. Are we expected as a country to keep borrowing money and going further into debt to help the Ukrainians? At what, is there any point at which we should say as a country we've invested enough? At some point, you're on your own. Well, I think it's going to be a, that's a fair question, and I think within the, you know it's not going to go on forever. Uh, it can't for either side. Uh, which is scary if you're a Russian because they're supposed to be a superpower and they can't even fight their neighbor affordably. They're begging people. They're begging people to fight. Uh, they're afraid to start a draft. They would look have a massive rebellion. They're hiding the number of casualties. But what I would like to do is I would like uh, I would like some extreme follow up with the money and weapons we're giving them. There's got to be an audit system in place for us to to get eyes on this material as it lands in Poland, most of it, as it moves through the country. We have NATO forces uh, undercover uh, in that country. There's got to be a way to follow up, but we don't give them one more thing. Because obviously there's spies within the Ukrainian government. Russians have planted themselves inside the country. So we've got to make sure that this, this – uh, it's not enough to write a check and drop off arms in a neighboring, uh, friendly nation. But I would just, I would obviously say follow up. But we need, we need for Ukraine to be successful here. And I think there's signs. Keep your eye on Kyrgyzstan. There's a major movement to take that city back. Uh, lastly, Brian, uh, so we'll look forward to hearing the interview with Herschel Walker on radio next week. Radio-wise, what, what do you have in store for us today? I knew you'd ask. Uh, here we go. Uh, we're going to have Mark Thiessen, uh to bring us inside this new cave from Joe Manchin, first-time cave. Uh, I'm reading the details in the Wall Street Journal right now. Uh, Carl Rove is going to be with us. He's going to handicap the Senate race, uh, Senate Joni Ernst. Uh, we have them already. And I'm definitely going to look at this China situation and the president's phone call with Chinese President Xi. He would not commit to bringing up fentanyl with the Chinese president, but he will bring up climate change. I'm astounded by this. I mean, the weakness is incredible. And if anyone's around, Frank, and I'm going to try to drag you out if it works for your schedule. I know it's a weekend. I'm going to be in Newark, New Jersey. I'm just warning everybody. Um, I know that August 27th, summer, right? Yeah, at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. So it's going to be we're taking back America's history, a thousand people at a time. And it's going to be a great night with a lot of surprises. That'll be uh, – it'll start around 7 o'clock. Just go to BrianKilme.com. All right, BrianKilme.com. We'll be watching you on TV and uh, listening to you on radio. It's always a treat. Thanks, Brian. Go get it, Frank.